At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Welcome to the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds for the next two hours, breaking down everything in the world of sports and gambling. And we had a wild affair last night that we're going to get to in just a second, Wes, here in the National Championship. But we do have a great show lined up for you, as always. Of course, Will Hill is going to join us uh, at the end of this hour and get his thoughts for the Wild Card Weekend coming up in the NFL. And Mo Egger is going to join us from Cincinnati. And obviously, the Bengals have a huge contest this weekend as the Raiders right here from the desert will go out in that wild card matchup to take on those Bengals. We'll break that down as well. But Wes, let's take a look back to what we just saw and the dust has finally settled. The college football season is over. It came and went in the blink of an eye. Uh, but what a wild fourth quarter we saw last night in the national championship in Indianapolis as Georgia, who was down by five in the fourth quarter, come back and cover all the numbers if you had the dogs here and get that win 33-18. Uh, the under hits and Georgia covering the three easily hits there. And certainly if you played Georgia in the second half, as they trailed by three at halftime, those numbers hit as well. A lot of takeaways, Wes, as we wrap up the college football season. But I don't, again, I, I think we got it right. I think we know who the best team in college mm -hmm. football is. Every time we have the, 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 the debate about expansion, and I know there was, there was some talk of that pregame yesterday. It looks like they have not come to an agreement. We get the best team, it seems like, since we've had the advent of the college football playoff, and I think we saw the best team last night in the Georgia Bulldogs. No, they, they've gotten it right, and I think Georgia was the best team. That's why I had them last night, even though they lost in that SEC title game. They were the most consistent team all year. Alabama had a lot of peaks and valleys. Peaks, obviously, running over Ole Miss uh, with a very potent offense. Valley, the loss to Texas A&M. Mm -hmm. The close game in the Iron Bowl should against Auburn the Iron Bowl. where they should have lost. And then obviously a peak beating Georgia in the SEC title game. But, you know, Georgia did a nice job hanging in there, making Alabama settle for three. Alabama wasn't able to get it in in the red zone and making uh, Will Richard uh, post the points more than Bryce Young and mm -hmm. company. So that was a good thing for the Bulldogs. And look, I thought they settled in. Stetson Bennett was obviously a little bit nervous early on, but I thought he settled in very nicely in the second half. A, a beautiful, beautiful long touchdown oh. pass to take the lead. And then obviously the pick six eventually put it away. But I thought Georgia's speed on defense, 
they really didn't give up a ton of big plays. Now, when you look and you see, okay, Bryce Young had 369 passing yards, but if you really watch the game flow, there weren't a lot of like real huge plays down the field for Alabama. A lot of it was dump it in the flat, dump it underneath, hit a guy on the slant over the middle. You really didn't see a lot of bombs down the field. No. I thought Alabama eventually, and one of the reasons I didn't like Alabama was that John Mechie was out. And there's a guy that lines up in the slot about 33% of the time, and that's like, you know, six catches for 100 yards oh. a game. That's really hard to replace yes. against, against, I don't, I was about to say arguably the best defense in the country. No Georgia question. was absolutely the best defense. They were fast. They were everywhere. And, you know, they just didn't get a lot of space out there. Georgia is just relentless with their pursuit. And it showed, I think, in the second half, Bulldogs finally get the national championship since 1980, first time. And Kirby Smart, of course, finally gets one on his old boss, Nick Saban. And you've seen the props that uh, did cash uh, either the overs or the unders, obviously, there last night. Look, it looked like a defensive struggle all the way. It was a defensive struggle, despite that final score, 33-18, to 29 points combined in that fourth quarter, which was wild. Look, I was a Bammer backer last night. I felt, and I was with you there, I'm Mechie. I knew that that was going to be a big hole they had, they had to fill up, but they really couldn't. Go, they couldn't guard Jameson Williams. That mm-hmm. was to me the guy that was going to stretch that defense. Right. And once he went out in that second quarter, I, I tweeted. I said. I, I just don't know how in the world Alabama can win this game going forward because he was one guy, and you saw the inexperience of the other receivers that had to step up. As I mentioned there, you know, the, the wide receivers three and four had to become one and two after halftime. Mm-hmm. And they, look, Nick Saban said it walking off with the lead at halftime. They said, what are you going to do to overcome James Williams? He said, well, these guys got to grow up. And they don't have time to. They got to grow up mm-hmm. right now. You saw the timing was off. I thought Bryce Young played pretty well despite the two picks. Put a lot of balls right there in his receivers' hands. They catch those. If it's Mechie and Williams, they catch those balls, and those are touchdowns for Alabama. Instead, they're either incompletes. One of them led to a blocked field goal, which would have been a touchdown. So I thought those subtle differences in the game played out. But much respect to Georgia, their defense. To your point, West, they were the best team all year. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that they beat the best team last night in Alabama. They beat Alabama but clearly not the best version of Alabama. Right, and and when those playmakers, Mechie and then, of course, Williams, as you mentioned, are out of the game, you have to go underneath so much. Yes. And that's why you saw with uh, Williams, you had to go Lulatu, the tight end. You had to go to uh, Slade Bolden. You had to go to uh, Robinson a little bit, try to get him involved in, like, the screen game. And when you do that against Georgia, that's what Georgia wants you to do because they know that they're so fast up front Mm -hmm. with that front seven and can pursue just relentlessly. And they don't give up a lot of those big chunks. I mean, when you weaken the Alabama offense, it makes it easier to defend and you don't need to make an offense easier to defend for the number one defense in the country. Just, just the speed getting there. I mean, you know, they're showing highlights right now. There was one long pass early in the game. So, Georgia, look, I I thought that they settled in. They didn't, and they got behind because I've often said Georgia, I think, is a better front runner Mm -hmm. than they are from trailing from behind. And they got behind a little bit early, but they never got too far away. But it kind of looked like, okay, guys, you know, let's get it going here. You know, you got to do something because they weren't doing much offensively in the first half. So once they finally settled in a little bit and they saw Alabama very weakened, 
then it was, you know, pretty much all Georgia except for that uh, turnover, obviously, early in the fourth quarter where the defender kind of nonchalantly See, picked realize. it off. Yeah. And it was like, you know, I think he might have got his foot in bounds uh, because at first they were saying an incomplete pass. Latu on the touchdown takes the lead. And then with eight minutes left to go, Georgia finally takes the lead with that long touchdown. Well, there it is. We went about seven minutes here to begin the Lombardi line today before actually saying the name Stetson Bennett. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know his full name. I know it's Stetson Bennett something the fourth. So a lot of people on Twitter were trying to say his full name. Like we say Thomas, Edward, Michael, Patrick, Brady, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, all the middle mm-hmm. names he has. So let's put some respect on Stetson Bennett's name. But what did you make of that? Because it did feel like in the fourth quarter there, if you were a Bama backer like me, you still felt like, all right, we, we, five-point lead. Plus I got the three in pocket, so I'm up eight. Mm-hmm. And Stetson Bennett in the fourth quarter, they turned him loose. And he became gunslinger, Stetson Bennett. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think we're looking at a pro NFL quarterback here. No. But for college, like, he did everything that, that Georgia asked him to do. But he will never have to pay for a meal or a drink in <laughs> Athens, Georgia, or pretty much anywhere in the state no. for the rest of his life, whether he plays a down of professional football either in the United States or Canada or wherever. And, look, I thought Bennett settled in. I mean, this is a guy he, – he had the early fumble. Yes. But – you know, he he really settled in, I think, late and was a very composed quarterback. I mean, this guy obviously was a walk-on. This guy's not some five-star commit. And, you know, use that play action. And that's what Stetson Bennett really does best. Yeah. And you saw it and then that little pass in the flat where he kind of faked the run and found uh, Brock Bowers out there in the flat who took it in. So, you know, a very good game. Not not a really sexy game statistically. 17-26, 224, two touchdowns. Did have the uh, one fall early on and uh, took a few sacks, but he didn't blow the game. And no. that's what you needed him to do is just, okay, make a couple plays. You don't have to be Bryce young. You don't have to go toe to toe with the Heisman trophy winner. Just make a couple plays. Don't mess it up. Let our defense trust your teammates, let them do the rest. And they're hoisting the hardware because of it. Yeah. And again, you saw the props that did cash for Stetson Bennett, the over for touchdowns. He did have the two touchdowns there. So one and a half there, but the under for his yards as he gets uh, 224 yards. But again, they didn't ask him until the fourth quarter to really do too much. I think Kirby Smart was comfortable being in that kind of field goal game that they played for the first three quarters and then see if his team can make enough plays down the stretch and clearly they did that and their defense took over late with the pick six to get that win. So Wes, I'm starting to show my age. I remember the last Georgia championship of Herschel Walker in 1980. Vince Dooley was in the stands there It's pretty cool night. to see Vince there and, and I also thought it was nice to see, I don't know if you guys if they were able to catch this, but at midfield when the game was over, Nick Saban uh, and Kirby Smart got to Together, they exchanged some words there, and people transcribed what they said. And Nick said, basically, you kicked our ass in the fourth quarter. And Kirby said, how's your wide receiver? And mm-hmm. talking about Jameson Williams, he said, well, you know, we think he tore his ACL. But, you know, thanks for asking. You know, basically, if I had to lose, I wanted to lose to you. It was very – it was a nice moment. It and was. I, I think Nick Saban sometimes gets that evil empire – Darth Vader, Bill Belichick, you know, we always win, so we're not really emotionally invested. I thought it was a nice uh, moment of humanity for two coaches well, that obviously have a lot of respect well, for each other. Yeah, there's the obvious respect, yeah. and there's obviously a high level of competitiveness because, look, these two guys, they recruit the same talent. They're getting all these five-star guys from anywhere in the country. You look next year, it's obviously very early. Alabama and Georgia are the two favorites, <laughs> the top two choices for next year to meet in this national championship 
championship game once again. I think uh, I saw Alabama maybe like five to two, Georgia nine to two, and I'm going kind of on market average of yep. a couple of the prices I've seen. Then Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma round out the top five. But again, Wes, like, I'm not upset at that. I, I didn't go to, I went to a school that doesn't have a football program, Virginia Commonwealth and Richmond. But like, if I get the two best teams every year with the college football playoff, mm-hmm. I don't need expansion. Look, if they mm-hmm. expand it, I'm going to watch. I love college football. It's not like I'm not going to watch the games. Yeah. I'm just like, We're hey. We're star for content from that <laughs> standpoint. No, but like, if the objective is to find the very best team each and every year, college football, you've done that. Mm-hmm. Mission accomplished. You're achieving what you're trying to set out to do. So I don't need to tinker with it just to make more money for the TVs and the bowls. I get it. They're like, well, the other bowls aren't that important. Yeah, but I get the best four teams every year, and I figure out who the best team is in college football since 2014. Yeah, I'm good, Wes. The the system has worked. Yes. And look, uh, and I like the fact that we still have a kind of a hybrid with the bowl system because I think that's meaningful for a lot of these programs, especially if you're in a non-power five, to be able to play in a postseason game. Totally right there with you. When we come back, we know that the uh, odds are obviously set there. There's who's going to go to the Super Bowl here as we get ready for the NFL playoffs. They're going to be wild. Come on back. It's the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Download BetMGM Sports. It's Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today or stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call one 800 522 4,700. Back alongside Wes Reynolds, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN. And Wes, if the Raiders and Chargers game, which was basically a playoff game, 
is any indication mm-hmm. of what we're going to get in the National Football League playoffs, buckle up because it could get wild and it could get woolly. Now, what we are charged to do here is try to find the value now that the odds are set for the Super Bowl with all the participants going. Obviously, the biggest long shots on the board both come from the state of Pennsylvania. They would be the Eagles and the Steelers, both at 66 to 1. Let's kind of go backwards to forwards, if you will, sir, here as we start off. Is there any shot for a real long shot here to get and then win the Super Bowl? I, I mean, you don't see six seats happen. It has happened before, by the way, but it doesn't happen very often where you see the longest shots on the board actually win the Super Bowl. The Raiders, by the way, the third longest uh, favorite at 50 to 1, followed by the Niners at 25 to 1. I think that's where the first interest might yeah. come. Can I interest you anywhere across the board, though, at 50, 66 to 1 with the Raiders, Eagles, or Steelers? You know, as much parody as there is in the NFL now, Dave, not really, because, <laughs> and you would think like this is the year where, okay, it's going to be kind of a team that comes from the back because even the chalky teams are vulnerable. Right. I think. And I think you're going to see that uh, really throughout the playoffs. But I think with Pittsburgh, look, the, 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 the offense just isn't there. And I don't want to say this to like crap all over big Ben, but I mean, sometimes it's like, you got a corpse out there playing quarterback. He can't throw, he can't move. He's obviously, you know, near the end of the line. Now credit full credit to him because they got in the playoffs. That's right. You know, by hook or by crook you're in. And if you're not in it, you can't win it. So, but we know that the offense just really struggles. They got beat by this Kansas city team by a big margin just a couple weeks oh. ago. I think it was 36 to 10 was the final mm-hmm. score. And it was a late score for Pittsburgh. Yeah, it was, 30, with Mason it was, it was uglier than that. Yeah, it was 36 to three. It was actually 36, nothing. Then Mike Tomlin kicked a field goal, which was a <laughs> point of consternation for those of us that bet the under in that game, but nevertheless, uh, just didn't want to get the shutout. 12 and a half, uh, some 13s out there. Uh, I don't think it's going to go higher than this necessarily for Kansas City. So, uh, look, uh, Steelers just to me, T.J. Watt tied the all-time sack record for Michael Strahan. This is a very good defense. This mm-hmm. is championship-level defense, but not even close to a championship-level offense. So uh, no thank you for me on the Steelers, although that is a big number for this wild card. And game. again, we're talking about here to win the Super Bowl, not get to the Super Bowl. We'll get to the conference odds here in, in just a second. But when you're looking at who can win it, I'm with you. Look, the Raiders have been a great story, 50-1. to 1. Um Yes, you know, Max Crosby's a, a difference maker on the D-line. Derek Carr, he can he seemingly has these moments where he looks like an elite quarterback. Other times, I don't know. I just don't think they have enough overall. Can Josh Jacobs really help control that offense and, and keep their defense off the field? 50-1 to feels like a long shot to me to see them win three games on the road and then win the Super Bowl. So, really, it starts for me. When you do look at the Niners at 25-1, to 1, obviously they're going to take on the Cowboys this week. And that's a small number, which kind of surprised me. We saw it open up around three. And I, I look at that and I go, are the Niners at 25-1 to 1 after what we saw them do last week to the Rams? And what really opened up my eyes, look, the Rams, I'm sorry, I, they're a little bit soft up front. And the Niners played bully ball. I don't know that they can do that against the Cowboys because the Cowboys back and healthy now. Remember, they mm-hmm. basically half their defense was was gone for that uh, Eagles finale. They're going to have Micah Parsons, but we all believe from COVID protocols. They're going to have their full complement of defensive players. And I just don't know that they can line up the 49ers and run the football with Debo and Mitchell 
and and not have Jimmy G be a liability with that thumb. Right. And uh, to your point on the uh, 49ers, and I'll cap off the Raiders. Raiders uh, 50 to 1. Raiders on the field, 75 plays on that marathon wow. Sunday night game. And now you got to play the 430 Eastern game on Saturday. You've got the shortest turnaround of anybody. There is a reason why that line is six. That being said, and we'll get to more mm-hmm. of the details of the game later. Uh, there's a reason why Cincinnati is that much of a favorite, but wouldn't be surprised to see Raiders get support in that spot because it's an unproven uh, playoff commodity. But to your point, 49ers and Cowboys, 49ers are kind of going to be that buzz team because I think because we know that there's parity in this league, because we know that there's not one real dominant team, there's a bunch of good teams, Mm -hmm. but even these teams that are 12 and four, 13 and three don't strike you as, man, they're great. Like some of those Colt teams in the mid 2000s or those Patriot teams or those Steelers teams that are like, wow, man, they're just such the overwhelming favorite right now. So looking at 49ers Cowboys and and this line came out at three, I'll be interested to see the betting pattern of this because I think the real buzz team, if you want a team kind of down the radar, is the San Francisco 49ers. After what we saw last week where Jimmy G's thumb seems like it's hanging by a thread, <laughs> but somehow, some way, he gutted it out. So it's like, okay, we think he can maybe gut it out again. And this 49er team, look, they were DOA against the Rams, and they found a way. They were able to run the ball on mm-hmm. these guys. Jimmy G was able to make some throws. They got healthy to the 49ers in the secondary because, remember, they had like three or four guys off the COVID list and also off the injured list last week that came back. And this 49ers secondary has been very hit or miss because they led the league in pass interference calls. Mm -hmm. So these are guys that clutch and grab and hold and get caught with their hands in the cookie jar. But not a good recipe against that Cowboy offense. No, it's not with all these really good receivers, even shorthanded without Michael Gallup. Uh, One big key, though, is we got to see if Trent Williams is going to be able to go with that elbow at left tackle because 49ers were essentially platooning a second-unit guy and a rookie at left tackle. So you don't want to do that with a quarterback that's not – exactly quite a hundred percent here, but uh, to your point, Cowboys uh, looks like they're going to pretty much have all hands on deck. I know Diggs and Parsons and curse those guys missed against Philadelphia because of either illness precaution or COVID-19, what have you, but I'll be interested to see this game. Uh, this game also, I believe, the mid-Sunday afternoon game will be on the green zone. This is the slime game. Oh, boy. This is the slime on game Nickelodeon. on Nickelodeon. So who's who's getting slimed? I if, hope there's if, a lot of slime for Dak. If loses, they need to have a setup in the circus studio for to Jerry? give you the you-can't-do-that-on-television no. slime. I thought you were going to say uh, no. slime Jerry Jones. You're going to slime no, me. No, no, yeah. I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't I, I'm going to apologize. I don't want to give Jacob Roach and the crew down there any <laughs> ideas. But 49ers, 25-1. to 1. I think in the NFC at least they're kind of the buzz team right now, because if they can get through Dallas, you know, and they could perhaps draw like a green Bay or one of these teams, uh, the Rams again, Mm -hmm. what we've seen with these top teams in the NFC, they struggle to stop the run and the 49ers can run the football. All right, there it is. Let's talk about those NFC championship odds. And again, by the way, Wes, I'm going to apologize in advance for my behavior during the game on Sunday, during our breaks at the green zone. But you, you look at the odds here, and so the Niners, to your point, 25-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, but 14-1 to 1 to get there. If, they, if you really believe they can win three road games, potentially, unless the Eagles pull off an upset against the Buccaneers, which I don't really see happening. The, the game of interest to me and the team of interest to me in this NFC, 
It's the Cardinals at plus 900. Because I think we, we kind of, they were 7-0. They were all the buzz. Then we throw them away. Okay? Mm-hmm. And we saw them get beat up by Seattle last week. They're a terrible home team. Now they get to go on the road mm-hmm. against the Rams. And Matthew Stafford, you and I were watching. He doesn't look right. And he's throwing picks, untimely picks. And they look like a little bit soft up front. And you can get after them with Chandler Jones and maybe make some plays with Buda Baker in the back. I mean, Wes, I kind of like the Cardinals this week to at least win their first game. And then if they have to go on the road and stay to Jerry World again, mm-hmm. we've already seen what that looks like. Yeah, and I do too. I'm with you. And look, the Rams are, are the team I bet over the summer out of the NFC to make the Super Bowl. Rams-Bills was my Super Bowl pick. So, you know, not quite dead yet. But, boy, looking at the Rams last week, just blowing that. And you get an Arizona Cardinals team that, quite frankly, in their better role. That's it. Really. We know that Cliff Kingsbury, and he lost again on Sunday at home against the Seattle Seahawks. 4-11 uh, and 11 against the number at home is Cliff Kingsbury. But on the road, they've been road warriors. And you saw what they did against Dallas uh, mm. just a couple weeks ago. And I think that this is their best role. They've already gone and beaten this team before. Now, in granted, this house, yeah. Yeah. Now, granted, you got to put that into context that the Rams, you know, had uh, come off the win over Tampa Bay. They didn't have Von the Super yet. Bowl champion. But if you look at Arizona on the road, Cliff Kingsbury now 18-7-2 against the numbers, an underdog for his career, 13-3-2 as a road underdog. They are not going to be uncomfortable going on the road to SoFi Stadium. Not at all. But, again, if the Rams are going to cash that ticket for you, their big three have to be the big three. I'm talking about Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller, and Aaron Donald. Of those three guys, forget about Matt Stafford and Cam Akers. And the, yeah, you, got, you can't be the Clippers, man, no. because that's what happens. Like, you got all this talent, and then you disappoint like the Clippers did a couple years ago. I, I think arguably they have the most talent in the NFC right now. So let's see if Sean McVay can get those guys playing at a high level. When we come back, what did we learn from the regular season in the in the NFL from a betting context? We'll discuss when you come back with us. It's the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. is a great new offer to help make this your very best betting season ever. Our all-new Big Game Big Dance special provides VEASAN Plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming Big Game and College Hoops betting guides, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game. It's one of our most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of the very, very best deals of the year. Visit VEASAN.com slash big deal to sign up today. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds here on the Lombardi line on VEASAN. And Wes, it is always interesting, and you and I talk about it each and every week, when you look at trends mm-hmm. and you look at the data that's been compiled for the whole year, I know sometimes people don't like to get in too much of the trends and focus on the, the actual game this week, but they can really be helpful. And we've got a lot of data now compiled in the NFL and the trends that we saw. And let's start off just the trends ATS against the spread here. And you look at the away teams, okay? Because normally you bake it into the cake here with the three points for home. That's what we've traditionally done in this industry. But this year, away teams, 52% over the home teams. Now, it's not a huge variance there, but you see that the away teams and the dogs have been profitable uh, if, if you've been betting this style. And away dogs specifically 
54% clip here. What do you make when you just look at that raw data compiled well, for 18 weeks? Well, I don't want to say it's necessarily a surprise because bringing up the word that we discussed last segment, parity, yes. there is a lot of parity in this league. There's all There are always going to be a few bad teams, and there are always going to be a few very good to even better teams. But when you look at it, the home team's going 48%. I think maybe some might have thought, and, and logically so, that, okay, we have spectators back in these stadiums, so it's going to be better for the home teams. It did not necessarily prove to be so. I think that actually that gap closed, actually, mm-hmm. a little bit as the season went along, but only 48% for home teams. Home favorites, 45.9%. We know most casual betters, whether they're beginners or just casual betters, tend to be on more home favorites, mm-hmm. you know, because those are those are the more, I guess, sometimes public plays. Square if you want to use that as a term, I mean, obviously, each game is its own unique organism when you're kind of looking at that in that sense. But, you know, even even home dogs, barely over 50 percent. Uh, and we know that the home favorites at only 46 percent. So these teams going on the road and and I think what COVID did because a lot of these teams that throws off your schedule, I mean, you're still taking the same travel schedule. You're leaving the same time. Mm-hmm. You're staying in the same hotel, but you, you know, feeling like you're locked down a little bit. So a little bit of the restrictions were loose this season. Hopefully we're not going backwards. It feels like in certain ways we are, mm-hmm. but they got kind of used to this, these road teams, you know, having to deal with all this stuff when you go ahead and travel. And it actually was maybe a little bit worse for some of the home teams, because when you're home, you sleep in your own bed. Some teams I'm sure probably make them stay at a hotel, you know, the night before the game. But, you know, you're used to more of that routine. I think you're at home than when you're on the road, but I think COVID made these teams that go away from home very used to it. I wonder though, when you look at those numbers, okay. And then you look at obviously this week, all the home teams are favored. We understand that. Right. And you kind of go, well, if these numbers bear, bear some fruit here, if you just pick the, the home favorites, you're going to lose. I mean, that's just not going to ATS wise. That doesn't seem like a, a good strategy. Does it change because it's the postseason West versus these regular season numbers? I, th- I really don't think it's going to, I think uh, a lot of people think that it does because we're so programmed, Dave, having been watching betting this league, whether we're betters or just fans, mm-hmm observing this league like home field advantage like means everything because we're 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 listening to all the chatter and all the major the network shows and whatnot saying how important home field advantage is you look kind of at the board and we'll get into this with the bet now bet later a little bit later on in the program there's a few underdogs on the road already seeing some money this week so the home field i don't think is as crucial as it normally is. This isn't obviously like the NBA or like the NHL where it's a seven game series where it's like, can you really go on the road and win a seven game series? And for the most part in the NBA, you know, say for last year and then the bubble season, obviously you usually seem to get like the chalky teams advanced because it's like, well, they're not going to get beat 
by a road team in a seven-game series. They're not going to lose a game seven at home. Right. There are no game sevens in the NFL. I know I'm overstating the obvious here, but it's a one-shot and done. So, look, and I think these teams so evenly match, for the most part, there's a couple lopsided. We talked about it, Pittsburgh, KC, Philadelphia, Tampa Bay. Everything else is within a touchdown here in this first weekend. So, you know, it's not beyond the pale that you're going to see a lot of these underdogs win outright. You know, and Wes, this is interesting, and this is a conversation I've had with many people in our industry and, and debated this for a couple of years now. And I want to very quickly put up the worst teams ATS in the regular season. And what we're trying to do here, this exercise, is there a correlation between worst teams ATS okay, versus what their actual records are? Well, when you look at the worst teams ATS, none of them are playoff teams and none of them really, quite frankly, were close. Okay. So I think you can make a correlation there that we knew the Jags, Panthers, Jets, Giants, Bears, right? Some of them looking for new coaches, and some of them you just wonder where the organization is going, right, in their overall direction. Then look at the best teams, ATS, this year. And you look at this, and the surprise team in here, the only non-playoff team for the top five ATS are the Lions. Mm -hmm. And I think you can make the case that's because people undervalued them and thought Dan Campbell, they're going to be terrible. Not ATS. They were a good play. But the other four teams, all playoff teams. So can you make that correlation that we just did? We used to the worst teams ATS versus the actual good teams, not just win win loss, but ATS records. You know, a little bit. Obviously, I would uh, caution going forward to not overuse these best ATS records in terms of handicapping playoff games. Mm -hmm. I, I think that that's a big mistake that maybe a lot of newer betters make is to say, oh, they're this number against the spread. Well, they're this number against the spread, A, because they're at least a good solid team. And you see that with the Cowboys, the Packers, the Bills, and the Patriots in that top five for ATS records. But you don't want to necessarily overcompensate for that because, ironically enough, and it's weird to kind of see the Buffalo Bills 9-6-2, and two, this is a team that I believe is like 0-5 in one possession games. They've been one of the unluckiest teams mm -hmm. in the NFL but yet you look, it's like, how did they go 9-6-2? and two? They lose all this close games. We saw it last Sunday. They are a very good bully. And when they were <laughs> yeah. big favorites, look, they I mean, against the Jets, barely tough covered. beat if you had the Jets. It was barely covered. But then when you look at the numbers and the Jets had like 53 total yards when you take out Zach Wilson being sacked like nine times. So it ends up 53 total yards. The Bills, they get there late against these teams. They did it against the Dolphins. They did it against the Jets. They, they did it to the Texans. Mm -hmm. They beat a lot of these teams, but then you'll get like an inconsistent game where they lose 9-6 of the Jaguars. But it's not really a shock there. I mean, the Cowboys to go 13-4, and four, though, wow. is kind of impressive against the number because you know that the Cowboys, because they have fans everywhere, and sports betting is getting legal all across the country more and more day by day, week by week, month by month. The Dallas Cowboys are one of those NFL teams, Dave, that have fans everywhere. They're, you know, they're not just a geographic, you know, regional team. They got fans from the West Coast, you know, from Maine to San Diego and everywhere in between. And, you know, kind of like the Steelers do. So the Cowboys are always, no matter how good or mediocre they are, they're always going to get support. 
at the betting windows every single time because this is the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, they're like Notre Dame and yes. college football or Duke and college basketball. They're always going to have fan support and they're always going to get support in the window. But to go 13 and four with a team that's like overpriced mm-hmm. seemingly in a lot of games where it's like, oh, you got to fade Dallas here in this spot. And really what you had to figure out is how to pick and choose. Like the spot with Denver was a good spot to fade them. The spot with Arizona was a good spot to fade them. But then they go and, you know, destroy Philadelphia I know that was backups pretty much on both sides but Cowboys going 13 and four against the number I thought is very impressive when you look at it because of how much support they get same thing with Green Bay 12 and five now they got some fortune too I mean they got some fortunate covers but nevertheless no surprise good teams cover numbers but the guys behind the counter know that good teams cover numbers so that's going to be compensated for in those prices going forward here in the playoffs so uh, exercise a little bit of caution if you overread into that all, right, all of those words fed my soul this morning Wes about the Dallas Cowboys until you threw the Steelers in there as well. But you actually make a good point. Well, just the old time when there were so many few teams in the league, what were the teams always on television? Dallas. Why I hated the the Steelers. Steelers, Why I hated the Steelers and love the Cowboys. The the same teams were always on television. Yeah, I'm old. Uh, Very quickly, uh, we are going to have Will Hill joining us next. But uh, one last thing is you look at the best over teams here in the last 30 seconds here, and there's only one team on this group that's in the postseason. That's the Chiefs at 10 and 7 games being played to the over. Do you take anything in that Steeler matchup this weekend? Defense wins championships. Isn't that the old adage? Uh, It's cliche, but it's a true cliche. So look, that's why you see a lot of these teams have gone to the over are going to be sitting home right now. So we'll see if that Chiefs defense can find its form. It certainly kind of lost it in Denver over the weekend. Absolutely has. When we come back, he is the king of New York City. Will Hill is going to join us here. We're going to break down all of the wild card action we're going to see this weekend. Come on back. It's the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
more than the final score with One Game Parlay at BetMGM. One Game Parlay is an exciting feature designed to help you with your selections within a single game for over 400 bet types, including team and player props. Log into your BetMGM account and create your best parlay before the game starts. New to BetMGM, we'll sign up today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000 with the bonus code VEASAN1000. You can place One Game Parlay bets on football, basketball, and more. Plus, you're going to earn M-Life rewards that you can redeem for room nights and dining at any MGM resort nationwide. Try one game parlay today. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BitMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada and Mississippi. Dave Ross back alongside Wes Reynolds. This is the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN. We always love every Tuesday to bring in our guy, Will Hill. I do call him the king of New York. You got to check out the New York City cast he has on VEASAN. It is spectacular. Will, welcome back to the program. Also do a great job here as our Point Spread Weekly contributor. Follow him on Twitter at NotTheWillHill. Okay. Wes and I were just discussing the playoffs and what makes me a little bit nervy, Will, going into this weekend's games, I do like a lot of chalk. And we, we kind of know chalk has not been the way to really cash tickets a lot this year in the NFL. Does it change for you in the postseason? Or do you still say, man, beware of those home favorites? Yeah, I mean, I take it by game by game. I, my approach anyway is to look for the underdog first. Uh you know, I think the playoffs got killed a little bit. West's Colts not in it. The Chargers not in it. You know, the Raiders and the Steelers are kind of dead ducks. If you had the Colts and the Chargers in it, you'd have seven teams in the AFC that could really, you know, beat anybody. You'd have a deep field. So I think with the Raiders and the Steelers, it, it kind of, you know, made it haves versus the have-nots where we got a couple of teams here that, you know, it's not fair to say they don't belong, although you look at the Raiders and the Steelers and how they got there. I mean, think about the Raiders. They were six and seven and Cleveland gets COVID and Cleveland with all their backups and third stringers is still up to third and three with a chance to end the game. They punt the Raiders, get the ball back, kick a field goal. They win their next three games and get in. I mean, that's like a 200 to one parlay or something. I mean, it's just crazy that these teams are in it, but uh, you know, it's tough. It's an interesting week. I haven't played a lot of sides yet. I think they really you know, adjusted these lines out of teaser range. You know, the bucks is nine and a half, some places eight and a half. So maybe that's teasable, but you know, like you said, it's kind of a tough week to call at this point. Well, uh, let's start with uh, one of those games, by the way. Uh, not quite in like your traditional wall and teaser range or whatnot, but New England at Buffalo going to be the primetime game on Saturday and split the season series. Buffalo Bills win the division. If you look, the trends would say New England, and I think that's kind of getting bet here early. It's gone down from four and a half to four, but divisional road dogs, 13 and six since 2003 in the playoffs. We know Bill Belichick is an underdog, 27 15 and two is a road dog, 8 0 is a road dog, off a loss, but. What you saw with the Patriots last week in Miami, can you go back to him in this spot? No, I kind of, I kind of lean Bills here. I think this line's a little short. I kind of think the Bills get him by a touchdown plus. I just, you could say they split the season matchup, but I mean the Bills beat the the Patriots in Foxborough. It was really kind of a, a, a thorough victory, thirty-three to twenty-one. The Bills never punted. The game ends in Buffalo. I mean that was the weird win game. Patriots threw three passes. I don't know how indicative that was of anything. I mean, you can kind of throw that game out. Uh, again, this game's going to be in the teens. There's going to be a little wind. Not, nothing crazy. I think 15-mile-an-hour winds. I don't know that Jones can handle those conditions. I don't know that their passing game is going to be up for that. 
Uh, I think Allen, you know, has the stronger arm that can cut through the wind. I just think Buffalo is much more explosive on offense. You look at the Patriots, you know, they lost three of their last four games. They don't have a lot of firepower at receivers. You know, it's basically Harris. It's a running game. And again, the Patriots really haven't beaten a lot of good teams. You know, they beat you know, the Falcons, the Jets a couple of times, the Texans. Uh, to me, the Bills are a contender. They're the more complete team. I like Buffalo here. And this might surprise people out there. These are the number one and number two teams, respectively, in the AFC in point differential. Mm-hmm. Bills plus 194, Patriots plus 159, Dave. You know, what else is surprising to me here, Will, is I look at the Bengals and the Raiders the other Saturday game here, and the early money's coming in on Las Vegas. And I'm going, okay, Wes and I talked about it here. Coming off that Sunday night game where it feels like they might still be playing that game right now. I'm not quite sure, Will. And now you got to go on the road. It's going to be brutally cold in Cincinnati. Open at six and a half, down to six, five and a half in some places. Well, I mean, I, I, I got to go Bengals or bust on this one, but it is still a rather large number. Well, if somebody had 50 to one to, to have a tie the other night, I could tell you that that game ended. That game did end, and it was not in a tie. Uh, it's going to take a little while for your boy to get over that one. That was, that was a tough ending. But, yeah, that's a tough spot. I mean, that game, like you said, it went forever. Basically got over midnight on the East Coast. They had to play basically an extra quarter. And, you know, we could talk about being tired physically. You also have to figure the mental aspect of it, the emotional aspect of having to win game after game to get in. Meanwhile, the Bengals are kind of chilling. They had last week pretty much off. They rested Burrow. They rested Mixon. Uh, that's going to be a, a raucous home crowd. That team hasn't won a playoff game in forever. I think it was 1990 they beat the Oilers. That was the last time they'd won a playoff game. Uh, I like Cincy here. I'm not crazy about laying the number. I think this is a great tease piece. Now again, you have to find you have to find a dance partner here. You can't just tease it by itself. Maybe if you can find the Bucks at eight and a half down to two and a half, uh, that would be the direction I go. But I do like the Bengals to win the game. I'll probably try to find something to tease it with. And will that's going to take us right into the early Sunday playoff game that is Philadelphia against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's gotten the early money here. Can't really disagree with it at least so far. But eight, eight and a half. You're seeing a couple even nines out there. I think it's still eight and a half at BetMGM. On the surface, this looks like a bad matchup for Philadelphia. But you look at Tampa Bay, this is obviously not a team at full strength with uh, A.B. Obviously long gone. Chris Godwin out. Even Mike Evans got a little nicked up, even though he came back on Sunday in that finale against Carolina. What do you make Eagles and Bucks? Bucks a little vulnerable here? No, I think you said it well. I think you said it well. To me, I saw the nine and a half. I said, you know what, that's a little high. But again, the matchup, I mean, Philly's a team that needs to run the ball. Uh, you, know, you can't really do that against Tampa. Although Tampa hasn't been as great this year against the run. They're so good against the run. And you can lean back on that first matchup in the middle of October. It was 28-22. Remember, Tampa kneeled the ball at, like the, at the Philly goal line. But, again, that game was 28-7 late. There was a little bit of window dressing with Philly. Uh, again, Philly's one of these teams, too. They really haven't beaten anybody. Their one win against a team with uh, over a 500 record, they beat the Saints. And the Saints, you know, one Sunday to go into 9-8, and eight, that's it. I mean, it's a lot of Washington a couple times. It's the, it's the Giants, it's the Jets. They even lost to the Giants. I mean, let's look at it that perspective. They lost to this team, lost to the Giants. So uh, I, I would lean Eagles with the points. I'm not crazy about it. My, my better bet, if you can get the eight and a half and tease it under the three, down to two and a half, uh, probably the Bucks on the teaser would be the way to go here. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm still uh, reeling from that Nick Sirianni go for two to make it uh, a 28-22 final score, I believe that was, for somebody laying six and a half in the, in the Bucks on that fateful Thursday night. I hey, personally love that result, by the way. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Uh, let's talk about the Cowboys against the Niners. And, Will, unless Joe Montana suits up on Sunday and Everson Walls is playing corner, 
I like the Cowboys here laying the three at home. It feels like this is a short number. I'm surprised. I thought it opened around five, but I guess everybody saw what the Niners did to the Rams, and now everybody's on the Niners. Yeah, I mean, I think the Niners are live. I think they're good. This is a tough matchup for the Cowboys, but I like Dallas. Uh, I mean, first of all, can we get Madden and Summerall? Can we superimpose yes. their voice to do this game? I mean, this game feels like the 1990s. This feels like <laughs> 1994 football. I mean, it feels like every year it was Cowboys 49ers when we were kids. But uh, look, I think with Garoppolo's hand, he has a, you know, a tendency to be inaccurate. He can be wild over the middle. And I just think that's dangerous against this Cowboys defense, which – you know, he's a ball hawking unit. They have a nose for the ball. You know, Parsons, Diggs, they have not only a knack for getting turnovers, but turning those turnovers into touchdowns. I think that's a, a bad recipe for this Niners team. And they're a good team. You know, the Niners, they got playmakers. They got a pass rush. Their one flaw is defending the deep ball, the secondary. And I think even without Gallup, the Cowboys have the weapons. Uh, Cooper, Lamb, Prescott, they can really attack that. Uh, so I like Dallas here. I'm not crazy about laying the three. If I could find some cheap, you know, 155 money line, that might be the way to go. Uh, I like Dallas. I think this is the game of the weekend. I mean, this is a hell of a game. The uniforms, the history, uh, it, both these teams are really good. So I'm excited for this one. I do like Dallas. Though. Will got about 45 seconds left. Uh, let's go to the Sunday night game. That is Pittsburgh against the Kansas City Chiefs. Biggest number on the board here. Chiefs laying 13 and uh, have gotten all the money, at least early. Steelers got blown out in Arrowhead last time they went there. Have they figured anything out in the last three weeks in your mind? No, I think this is one of those Mike Tyson quick knockouts. I mean, this game was 30 to nothing late in the third quarter, uh, the day after Christmas. It's uh, it's a great story that Roethlisberger got in the playoffs, but they are a dead duck. I think the Chiefs can name their score. Now, again, Hill's beat up, Kelsey's beat up, but I expect Casey to take a lot of the money. I think this closes 14 or higher. I can only look to the Chiefs here. All right, you got to listen to Will on the New York City cast uh, that we have here at Vison and, and Will, even though uh, football season's come to an end, at least you get Joe Judge again, again next year in 2022. Oh, man, it's just a gift that keeps on giving. I actually think they'll get rid of him. I think they got their ear to the ground to get rid of him, but it, it sounds like they may not. I mean, it's really, it's just, it, it's incredible. It's like an SNL skit at this point. <laughs> it really is. It is comical from afar. All right, Will, always appreciate you. Follow him on Twitter as we do, at not the Will Hill. When we come back, I think it's one of the most worthwhile exercises we do each and every week. Bet now or bet later for the NFL playoffs. Come on back. It's the Lombardi Line right here in Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.